You're listening to Adam Air MDGED Underground Cartoon Therapy. Welcome to the It's a Spooky 420 Halloween episode, motherfucker. God damn it. <laughs> Glad you guys could join me on the uh, Super Halloween special I put together for you here. <laughs> and all I did was really make a phone call four times. <laughs> You'll hear it. <laughs> Don't ask me how I was able to miraculously edit this. <laughs> we got poor kids, Russ. Russ McKay, man. Head of security for Glenn Danzig and has worked with the original Misfits. That's what he does. Glenn, Jerry, Doyle. Motherfucker. He knows these guys personally. He's a fixture in Hollywood. We're going to talk about his radio station that he had. We're going to take a walk of shame with a little bit of Ron Jeremy, which is spooky enough. Oh, God. That motherfucker's a fucking creep. <laughs> uh, well, hope you guys got your fucking candy pumpkin apple motherfuckers. No razor blade checks. And uh, let's get this fucker going. Happy Halloween, guys. I'm glad I could be with you tonight. Spooky shit, you know? Ha 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 ha! Welcome back, guys. The Halloween fucking episode. I finally get to do the Halloween episode. I've been waiting a long time to get my buddy, poor kids Russ, in here. Russ, how are you doing out there in the L.A. desert tonight, man? <laughs> Good. It's super hot. In downtown L.A., it's, it's hot. Yeah, what? hot out there. It's the fires, right? Is that just the, what's the fires and just uh, you know what? Every time around this year now, I don't know if it's because of uh, season the if you know the equinox years back season change or uh, the you know fuck, uh, whatever that's called the uh, global warming. Oh yeah, the fires. It'd be all of that, all of the above. But uh, it's super hot out here, and it's starting to get normal in October, late September every year. It's like the new summer. Oh man, and it's been—it's been like affecting your your work, right? The virus and shit. Yeah, it canceled a lot of shit for uh, for Danzig and the Misfits. Uh, Mexico shows canceled. Uh, Danzig was supposed to go out to uh, Europe and do a, a, a nice leg of European shows, but Danzig, not the Misfits, and all of that got canceled till next year. And uh, just everything. We're going to do the dance that does Elvis thing out here in the West Coast. All that got canceled. Oh. Yeah, it's, a, it's affected our work and Glenn. But it's giving Glenn time to uh, work on his movies. He has a second movie, Death Dealer, coming out. And uh, okay. the, first one, the first one got a lot of uh, weird reviews, which turned out to be positive for him. Right. Well, there's not really bad publicity, you know, in that sense with, with him. You know, he's just, uh, uh, he carries his mystique throughout the years. But everybody knows he's a fucking businessman, too, you know? For sure. He's the last of the living legends, man. He lives in uh, Lucille Ball's old house. Is that where he's 
stays. Yeah, he does live in Lucille Ball's old house, and uh, yeah, he's he's a nice place, man. He's living there, and he still has this other the place everyone thinks he lives at in Hollywood. That's still there too, but he he, he is still there too. But his main place is Lucille Ball. He's <coughs> That's cool. That's um, you guys uh, did the Misfits uh, tour. Where did that start in Denver? I think I don't remember because that's a little minute ago. But I think it started in Denver um, and it made its way around the country. They did a uh, they did uh, Madison Square Garden. They did the Forum out here, and they did the Citizen Bank Arena in L.A., which was maybe the biggest punk rock show in punk rock history. Holy was, shit, dude! It was huge, man. There was twenty five thousand plus kids. Oof. I just, I just looked out there and it was just a sea of misfit fans. Very heavy, packed slam pits. I mean, kids were giving it up. It was a really great show. My God, man! It sounds yeah. just so fucking cool as shit. I, I'm, I'm sorry I missed it, but I had it a couple. Awesome. I had a couple friends that went. One went to the Madison one. Yeah, Glenn and Glenn's always really because I've been with him for so long. Glenn's really cool with me, so uh, he let me and my brother basically have a really, really cool guest list, man. I got to got, get a lot of my friends in. They all had great seats, and Glenn had this crazy after party afterwards where uh, he had, you know, in typical Glenn style, he had a bunch of fucking uh, dancers from the local strip clubs up on tables dancing, and he had an open oh. bar, and it was a kind of a who's who in the music, porn uh, entertainment industry back there, and everybody had a great time after the show too. So it was cool. And then, then Jerry only had his party upstairs, and that was also fully catered. And that one was, you know, another who's who. Yeah. Cool. So they he had they catered two separate parties mm-hmm. at the same time. Yes, but Glenn Glenn kind of did it his way. Glenn not kind of Glenn did do it his way. Uh, far as uh, he brought in his own booze, he brought in the dancers and just all of that shit. And then, you know, towards the end, few, I mean, people from upstairs was tra- starting to mingle downstairs. Cause I mean, all the girls, man, they were, they were downstairs having a good time getting it on. It was fun. That's amazing. Yeah. I remember, uh, I don't know if you remember when, um, it was me, you and him. I thought slash was there maybe. And, uh, Possible. we, we were going to go see crocus. And Crocus uh, ca- canceled or some shit. What was it at the whiskey? Yeah, or next door at uh, the Roxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's possible. I, I, I mean, so many shows, man. Glenn's, you know, he's always doing shit. He likes to just stay. He likes, <laughs> he likes entertainment, like everybody. You know? He does. He's a yeah. He was amazing. Yeah. So, what was some of the crazier shit you saw on the road during the Misfit shows? You must have seen a few things that were. I did, but. With the Misfits, it's such a tightly organized, oiled machine, you know. There are quite a few managers that, you know, that, that's a trip. Instead of having to deal with one manager, which is usually my brother, Dougie, mm-hmm. um, there, were, there were three. Doyle had his guy, Bruce, and then uh, Jerry had his guy, uh, Caffieri, and then Glenn had Dougie. So, you know, it's really a, it's a trip, man, because the Misfits are, it's like I said, it's a really fine oil machine. It's, it is a little class above because they have the money to spend. So you're staying in a nicer hotel. Everything is just a little cut above and than a Danzig thing. But the thing I like about Danzig is it's more family oriented. You know, just the crew and the band with Dan with Misfits. It's like fuck. 
it's a big machine. There's a lot of fucking people working on that, trying to, you know, make what, what it takes to make a show that, that caliber. So, and you're running the security. You're the head of it. Yeah. 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 I'm head of security and that I have to have a, you know, the security meeting with the in-house heads of security at every arena we go to and, you know, we spit it out, tell them how it's going to be and how it goes and the way we do it. And, you know, let's have a great show. It'll be over before you know it. And fucking let's do it. That's a you know, lot of power. That's a very powerful position uh, to yeah. to be in, man. You know, yeah, totally, for sure. I get I get I get a lot of perks with that. It's really cool because well, Glenn's, yeah. really, <laughs> Glenn's really Glenn's really picky, and everybody wants to endorse. Everyone wants to endorse Glenn. Everybody. And yeah. Glenn's like, ah, no, 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 no. I don't like it. I like this is what I like. I don't like this, so I'm not going to wear it. I'm not going to use it. This and that. So I usually get the hand me downs and the throw backs and all that stuff. So that's pretty cool too. Yeah. And Glenn is is uh, there's a lot of a lot of perks, but there's a lot of responsibility too. It's my job to make sure that he gets to and from every night safe. So, have you know, the, oh, I was going to ask, uh, have, have there ever been like, uh, like any strenuous positions where someone's like tried to launch at him and you guys had to, Oh dude, many, many, many times. But with the misfits, there's, there's shows and they're playing arena. So they're, they're really far back, you know, from the, from the stage. The crazy shit has usually happened, has happened during Danzig shows. Like we've had, you know, like sometime, one time there was this girl who would write to Glenn in her own blood. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> time. And towards the end, Glenn, was, Glenn wasn't responding or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Glenn, she was like, I'm going to kill you. Oh. I'll see you in Texas. And we had a picture of this fucking chick and everything, man. Hmm. So. I go to the police station once we get into Dallas. Yeah. Me and Dave. And we go across and we talk to their lead detective and, you know, show them the notes, show them the pictures saying, look, this girl is claiming she's going to be here with, you know, to kill Danzig. And it's like four o'clock in the day. Mm. And, you know, so we're doing our patrol. We're already on alert. And sure enough, who's fucking first in line to the show? Oh. That, the girl. So we're like, whoa, fuck. There's Balls. <laughs> yeah. And she's fucking, she's communicating with like, they were like gothy, I guess. She's communicating, she's communicating with this other guy. And he's, you know, going back and forth to whatever they're fucking doing. So we get the detective. We approach her. We pull her out. We take her in the car. We search her. And in her purse, she had like a 38, a little snub-nosed gun. And we're like, whoa, but there were no bullets. Oh. But she had the gun. She was going to jail. Yeah, fucking that's enough. Her, that's I mean, enough. Had, yeah. I mean, what were what were her intentions? Why is she bringing a fucking gun to the show? Yeah. So we fucking we go to the guy she was with. The dude had the bullets. Oh. So she had the gun. He had the bullets, and that was enough to uh, to you know put her away. Yeah. You know. But the thing with the thing with Glenn is Damn. I don't I don't know if he ever presses charges because if you press charges, you gotta you gotta go back to the place and get on the stand and do all that shit and i never hear of like him going back and you know yeah that's her he just you know all he cares is, he doesn't even really need to know and you know we we try not to to bother him with security situations because that's our job he has enough on his plate to worry about as it is yes yeah. doing a good show but that particular time because of the situation we did let glenn know we caught her you know fucking she's 
in jail and you won't be, don't worry about her. And he, but, uh, he never said nothing after that. He was never like, said nothing afterwards. Never said like, Oh, uh, put that bitch away for five years or, or whatever. He just doesn't really, you know, I think he just wants him out of, out of sight, out of mind. It's not part of what he's doing. Yeah. It's obviously, yeah. yeah he, fanaticism, man. Um, I can only imagine misfits, are, you know, <laughs> Talking about the fanatic, biggest shit on earth, <laughs> but they're really like nice with the misfit thing. It's it's a lot of like nicer people trying to get their art to Glenn or 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 Jerry or or somebody in the band, and you know just trying to be really cool. The mm-hmm. dancing shit, the dancing shit is where you get the fucking kind of crazy people trying to voice their the situation. Sometimes it's cool, sometimes it's not. <laughs> I've had a lot of other ones too, man. Where, where? Hello. Oh, hold on, we lost him. Some cellular interference, guys. Sorry about that. Continue, Russ. Sorry. Yeah, there's there's been other incidents. Uh, one incident. Okay, yeah. Well, we're towards Halloween. Uh, this is a while ago. Like, uh, it's a good story though about. Uh, Probably about twelve or thirteen years ago, Glenn was doing a Blacks of the Black. It was at uh, one time called the Universal Amphitheater mm-hmm. in Studio City, and uh, this guy Big Val was doing uh, the security. He was. Uh, I decided just to take a break. Sometimes I'll take breaks and not uh, not go on the road because I have other things going on. Yeah, and it's it's weird because sometimes that's when the shit happens. But because I'm like really on it, anyways. So fucking um. So. We're all partying in the backstage area, kicking it. And Glenn has this guy, Craig. He's like his number one guy. Craig McDaniel? Was that? Yes, yes. And Craig, Craig works in the office with Glenn almost yep. every day. He's Glenn's boy. He's a good dude. He's, he's a good dude. He's a way good guy. He's, yeah. He's Glenn's right hand. Count Crazy Craig, I yes. think. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, Craig gives him the phone, and it's Glenn. And Glenn's like, I'm not doing It's a sold-out show, mind you. I'm not doing the fucking show. Uh, there's some guy outside banging a metal object against my fence, uh, screaming for me to come outside. <sighs> I'm like, what? Well, what's up with Val? How come Val's not? Val says that he's not going to come to my house. That is not his job. I said, wait, oh. wait a minute. Oh. Oh, okay, I grabbed two of my guys. I grabbed my sister's husband, Dylan, me. It was just me and Dylan. And then yeah. uh, Val decided to come because he's seen us starting to do his job. So we rush over down there, and uh, I run out. I run. I have him parked a block away, and I run up to the house, and I'm like, "Glenn, Glenn, hey, 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 hey!" And Glenn's out by his sliding fence, and he has a huge fucking like machete, fucking knife. Oh! Like, wait, what the fuck? What's going on here? You know? <laughs> what happened? What, what, what's going on? Like, There's some guy out here. I don't know where he's at now. He was just oh. two minutes. He was just here two minutes ago. Like, really? So I'm like looking around shit and sure enough, I see like a body bent over and it's like behind a car hood. It's the guy. So oh. I, he can, he can hear me like take off after him. He pops up. He's a shorter dude. And we start running in the middle of the street. Glenn's next to me. I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> I'm going to fucking get you. And I'm like, Glenn, wait a minute, dude. Go back in the house. Just chill. Wait. Yeah. Me, knock on the door. Yeah. Val, stay by him. <laughs> I'm going to go after the guy. So I start running after the guy, and he lives in this little area in Las Feliz Village. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm running up the street and there's a bunch of like stores and bars and mm. open open bars and shit. And uh he's like screaming, Help me, help me, <laughs> you know, this guy's after me. And fucking Jesus. I just keep running <laughs> after him and uh he fucking trips or Oh, we lost him again. Hold on, guys. Sorry, something's going on. He falls in the crack in the crack in the, the sidewalk, and uh, he gets back up. Gives me time to catch up to him, to the point where I get one hand on his backpack, and he can kind of maybe feel my jerk. And he lets go of the backpack, you know, lets his arm slip through the backpack, and takes off running. And the backpack falls on the ground. I take off after him, and he he was like a little he was a smaller little little fast dude i'm a big guy you know i'm security but oh yeah so, mother- yeah so motherfucker uh goes in like a dark area and i'm like wait i'm gonna go back to this backpack there has to be something that can reveal who this guy is yeah so i go back and there's like these two big like suited they were probably like someone else important security guard and i i had to explain look man i work for somebody that's somebody i'm his security i was chasing this guy down the street and fucking uh this guy uh you know, this is his. This is his stuff. I'm taking it back to my boss so, so we can identify it. So uh, I get it back to Glenn, and uh, we start going through his stuff in, in in his house, and he has all kinds of weird shit. Like, oh shit, god damn it! Let's go with his backpack, and there's some security guards that were there at the backpack at the time, because I had to run back from from like saying I'm not going to chase this guy no more. He's like ran to a dark area on the side street. So I go back for the backpack. So I think there's, you know, some information on the guy. Yeah. So I get the backpack. There's some security guards there. I have to explain to them, like, you know, who I am a little bit and that I work for a high-end, you know, guy. And this guy was trying to, uh, you know, inflict harm on, on my my, empl- my employer. So uh, they let me take the backpack. I take the backpack back to Glenn's and we start going to the backpack. The backpack fucking, it smells like B.O. It fucking just, it's, it reeks of like human living. Like yeah. The guy, the guy may have been homeless. So in the backpack, we find his ID, his social security card. Uh, we find a porno magazine. The first weird thing we find is a porno magazine in there. And it had a bunch of like movie stars' faces cut out. And they were all slapped on the penetration fucking spot of, you know, where the penetration spot would be in the porno magazine. So we're like, wow, that's fucking weird. This guy's a trip. Yeah. And then we find a bunch of handwritten satanic spells. I know this guy's a fucking weirdo. All right. <laughs> we find like razor blades and knives and shit. Holy and shit. We, he had a journal. We're like, we already got, we already have the guy, you know, but I was still reluctant to, to, to call the authorities on him. But then I flipped through it, and it was like, the time was October 28th, and he had in this journal, on October 28th, written deep, like, lettering, kill Glenn Danzig, overtake his powers, and, like, kind of, like, be Glenn Danzig, I guess that was his, his thing. And right then and then, Glenn's like, dude, I, I have to call the police, this guy's threatening my life. I know I have a sold-out show that I'm supposed to get to 15 minutes away, but, dude, you know, come on. Like, yes, call the police. And then I flip a couple pages over and it said, kill David Byrne. He wanted to kill David Byrne from Talking Heads. And he had his address and information on David Byrne and, you know, kind of wanted to do the same thing with David Byrne that he thought he was going to do to Glenn Danzig. So Glenn calls the police. We're outside just talking about the whole situation. And fucking, you know, uh, 
Because I was, you know, asking me, you know, how come I didn't pull in front of the pad? So he could have got out and did something, whatever. And then uh, I look, and by this tree, I see a fucking, like, a shadow fucking peep out and then peep back into the tree. Like, you know, someone's looking at us, watching us. And uh, I just take off towards the tree, and it's the fucking guy. He fucking came back again. His shit. So I go chasing him fucking through the streets again. And this time he's like running through restaurants and fucking I'm chasing him through restaurants. So I'm going to fucking kill you. Fucking da, 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 da. No, he's screaming, save me. This guy's trying to kill me. All this crazy oh, shit. Fuck. And, and he's running through Palermo. Nice restaurants over on, you know, like Vermont. So uh, I chase him a few more blocks. And, I, you know, I'm like, dude, I have to get Glenn to the show. So I give up chasing him. And, you know, I really have all this information. Yeah. And I'm back to Glenn's house. By this time, there's like six squad cars there. And, uh, you know, there's a cigar. They're like, dude, we're getting, a, we're getting a lot of reports of somebody screaming in the street and, you know, someone's life being threatened, yada, yada, yada. But, dude, there's a crazy guy. He's trying to fucking, you know, trying to inflict pain on my guy. Fucking, they're like, well, dude, how did you get this backpack? A really good job. The police told me you did a really good job, this and that. And fucking, like, look, man, we just got to get my guy. He has a sold out fucking show we got to do. And, I got to get him back to the fucking venue. Yeah. So the police, the police took down some quick information on Glenn and uh, they let us go fucking proceed to do the show. And that was just like, you know, some, they're like, you know, we'll follow up on this guy. You guys have a lot of information on him and uh, we'll take it from there. So fucking that was another crazy fucking thing. People <laughs> yeah. Trying to fuck with Glenn. Uh, just a lot of shit. There's a lot of things in the media too that are, that are just uh, miswritten about him are just straight out bullshit. Like the, the Fun Fun Fest situation, that whole article is just total fucking bullshit. I was there for it. And uh, Tell me about that one, because I'm not, I'm not familiar, actually, with that. I've been seeing on the internet, and this shit happened like 10 years ago, man. Oh, okay. Glenn Danzig fucking uh, complained. He wanted some, some uh, French onion soup or some shit. And uh, at no time was French onion soup happening. It never was mentioned at all. And it's stupid. They try to make some kind of stupid joke about it, whatever. And then uh, what happened is we arrive at the venue, and he's supposed to play on the big thing, a big stage. They have him on the – and this is when he's doing the Doyle thing. They have him on the smallest fucking stage. They totally rearrange the stage with him. It was kind of a – the sound man and the lighting guy should have told us this had happened. We show up and all this shit fucking falls right on Glenn's lap. And Glenn's like, wait, dude, we can't do the show. I guess our lights won't even fit on this fucking stage. Our fucking banner won't even fit on this fucking stage. What the fuck? Yeah. And the stage was so fucking Mickey Mouse. Glenn was trying to get the specs right. He goes on about 20 minutes late. And, uh, Fucking uh, the back, the staging backdrop misses John's head. I swear to God, by like six inches. If that backdrop, that pole would have hit fucking John Kelly, it could have fucking killed him. If not, put him in the fucking hospital. Really bad. It was really Mickey Mouse, and that was a fun, fun, fun fest. As people that had did this, and then they fucking come out the next day with some negative fucking uh, some negative press on Glenn because he didn't get to finish the misfit set. Because they had a 10 o'clock curfew on a Friday night. You know, Austin, Texas is supposed to be like the music 
fucking capital of, of Texas, this and that. How can you do a festival and the music has to be off at 10 at night? Yeah, that's it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. At 9, at 9.45, 9.50, you have to start playing your last fucking... That's, that's retarded. I've never fucking heard of it. But that's what happened. And Glenn, Glenn was up on stage doing show, doing songs. They were about three songs in the mischief set. And they had, they, long story short, they cut the fucking power on Glenn. And Glenn couldn't finish the show. Despite him going up on that stage and doing the fucking show with them fucking like putting him on a smaller. No one does that. I don't know, I don't know how festival promoters can put the headlining act on a tiny fucking little stage. I mean, it was just ridiculous. So Glenn had to go over the lighting stats and all this stuff. And that's what kind of put them a little bit behind schedule. So Glenn was trying to get it right. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't right, but he still went up on stage and fucking put on a killer fucking show. But the next day there was all this negative, uh, negative press on Glenn and crying of like stupid shit, crying about soup. Like, dude, when you crying about soup, man, you guys almost fucking killed our fucking drummer. You put Glenn on a fucking tiny stage when you're supposed to. What headlining act plays on a super tiny stage at Fun 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 Fest? No, it's man. Ridiculous. Yeah, someone <laughs> fucked it. Yeah, someone that else. Was a, that was a mess. Needless to say, like, yeah. one year later, Fun 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 Fest went under, and you don't even hear about it no more. So that goes to show you what kind of fucking professionalism and what kind of boat they're running over there. Fucking dumb, dumb, dumb fest now. Yeah, it's just that that's that was retarded. They they tried to uh you know, they tried to make it bad and, and blame their fucking hiccups on fucking Danzig when it it was. I was there. Their fault. It was it was stupid. But, I'd be frustrated too, man. Yeah, that was just was, you know what that was just a long that was just a, a long time ago and that was just one Bad show. It wasn't even Glenn from a great show. That was just a fucked up t- a moment compared to all the killer times that you know Glenn has fucking performed in front of you know killer crowds. That's a, another thing. Fucking Glenn's fans, dude. They're super loyal and fanatical, dude. Fucking oh yeah. Everywhere he goes, even dude. Lately, he's really been doing super well. This new record that he put out, that Danzig does Elvis. It's charted at number twelve. Oh really? Yeah, it's doing very well, and uh, every time they do a pressing, a pressing of records, they fucking sell out right away. He did, I guess, a, a, a record deal with the Cleopatra Records, and they're really happy with uh, the sales outcome of it all. So it's making numbers. That's what he does. It's, it's making numbers. So he's doing that. He's doing movies. He's always, even despite the epidemic. He's out there doing stuff still. He's still busy, man, and that's the way he likes to do it. He's fucking, fucking young, dude. Another thing about Glenn is he believes in like Chinese medicine. He doesn't like uh, Western medicine, so he, dude, it's hard to get a fucking aspirin down this guy's throat. Yeah. So I mean, I can see him living to be in his fucking nineties and still doing shit. You know, um, he looks great for his age right now, dude. I mean, fucking Glenn looks great. Yeah, he looks fucking cool, man. Yeah, he's he's in really good fucking shape right now. He's uh, you know, uh, he's just doing a lot of stuff to improve himself, and uh, it's awesome, dude, to see to see this guy fucking outperforming fucking thirty year olds and shit like that on stage. You know, it's like, dude, this guy's still still a very high energy show when he goes see a Danzig show and a Misfit show. 
Yep. So that's really cool. That is cool, man. He's a uh, he's just set the pathway for generations that have. You yeah, know, I mean, go see him. Go go see him if you can, man. Because uh, you know, Glenn, he's the last of the rebels. Lemmy's gone, man. Lemmy's you know, gone. Yeah, mm. Just me out about Glenn too is that. Uh, no bands. I don't know any bands that someone can name one, name it, that own all their rights to their fucking music, all their publishing. That's unheard of these days. Yeah. And Glenn owns all his publishing and all his rights. Nobody can fucking capitalize off of it except Glenn, which he's the one who should because it's his shit. A lot of a lot of labels and companies nowadays, they uh, they want your fucking soul, man, and and. You know, Glenn's lucky to be in the position of, of not having to do that, thanks to his fans. And guys out there, too, listening, artists and stuff, and, and you're going for it, and you know your shit's hot, do it the way Glenn did, man. Uh, he did this way back when, when he was out there in New Jersey and shit, you yeah, know. All, yeah, it was all do-it-yourself, punk rock style. He, he would... He would go out there. He would press his. They would. He was there at the record press, pressing his fucking records, gluing the record together. I mean, yeah. he was really fanatical about his art and what he was doing. He was very hands-on with everything. Yeah, going to New York and doing the wheat paste thing and all that shit. Modern bands don't do that, you know. And uh, that's why they are where they're at, and that's why he is where he is. He paid his dues in a lot of ways, a lot of different ways, you know. But he's not. And he's, you know, he's employed me for a long fucking time. Uh, you know, I make, I just make sure I'm, I, I try to be really on it. You know, luckily nothing has ever happened to him on my watch. So that's a really fucking cool thing that I'm grateful about. And uh, yeah, man, crazy shit. You know, how, well, how did you, uh, how did you meet up? How did you get the job? <laughs> uh, well, you know, back then, like in my 20s and 30s, I was like really, really fucking crazy. And uh, I was like always fighting and, and doing crazy shit. And uh, I lived like I lived on the Sunset Strip on the uh, on the Whiskey and the Roxy. And I knew all the managers and owners and just I grew up in Hollywood. But my friend Stum, he used to be my roommate. He works for Schechter Guitars now. Uh, he knew Glenn really well. And he introduced me to Glenn, and Glenn took a liking to me and my brother. And, uh, you know, he would always hear us share it. And, I, you know, he would be at places, and I'd be at places, and whatever situations would unfold. And just, you know, he just heard a lot about me at the time. And before Glenn, uh, Dino from Fear Factory, and yeah. uh, who else? Like Drew Aria, a few other bands like took me out of security in the beginning. Yeah. And after they, after like I guess Glenn had heard or whatever that I was doing this, Glenn had offered me the position after I guess Gallo, whoever it was. Oh no, it was Jesse James, the guy uh, who works for West Coast Choppers. Yeah. That was the security. That was the security guy before me. So after Jesse left and went to go do uh, his motorcycle endeavor and all that stuff, Glenn needed someone to fill that fucking that void, that hole, and uh, that's when I got the call from Glenn and. Uh, so hell yeah, I'll fucking do it. But at first, uh, another thing was Gambit. I was in security right away. At first, he had me as like a secret counter at the shows, where I'd have like a fucking uh, a little counter thing. Yeah. And I would count the people that came into the venue because a lot of the promoters would be like, "No, it's not a sold out show because during a sold out show, you have to 
pay a certain more percentage of the guarantee if it's a sold out show or whatever. They would always lie about the numbers. And, uh, you know, that had me there to go, no, nah, it's not right. My guy says that they'd be like, what? You had somebody there fucking doing a county? What the fuck? <laughs> I was a secret counter for Glenn. I did a few other little odd things for Danzig before I became security security. So, yeah, that was, then finally I got the security gig. But fuck, I've been there, I'm on the books, I'm in the tour books, you know? And you're, you got to meet everybody through the, through that gig too. Like, I, I've seen, uh, I remember, um, who was at your house, man? Slayer? Oh, yeah, dude, I, yeah, well, that's when I used to do the radio show after that, and that was thanks to my brother ended up being a... That's Cypress right. Still, still, still connected with Cypress Hill. He still does Be Real TV and all that stuff. Yeah. And Be Real gave us a, a, a radio show, a radio TV show, and the owner of the the, uh, the, the website, .com site that we were on liked us, so we were always being featured, and we had, like, tens and thousands of people watching because of uh, who we'd have on our show, too, but, yeah. Dave Lombardo, which MTV. Dave Lombardo, that's who was hanging out at your house too, and I, and uh, and she was like, "That's Dave Lombardo." I was like, "Oh shit, hey, what's up?" Dude? Our, our very our very first show on Four Kids Radio, uh, Randy from Lamb of God was our was our guest. That's amazing. That's so cool, cool, man. You know, Randy was our guest. You know, and we've had him all from Sid to Slipknot to Clown to Doyle to Danny from Danny Longer from Nine Inch Nails, just everybody. Porno star of the year, fucking uh. Freeway Ricky Ross was on our show telling us a story about how crack invaded fucking LA. Just we've had a lot, we've had you know, people that freak shows, sword swallowers, midgets, everything you name it. We would have it on this fucking radio nudity, we'd have it on this radio show, TV show. And you know, we got to meet a lot of uh, people in higher, higher places, it was pretty cool, but then uh. Aside from that, like we we uh, we're friends with a lot of people. We used to have this other house where, like, at any given day, it'd be like, "Who's over there?" I mean, uh, Stephen Carpenter would be playing pool, and he would have his whole guitar set up right there and all his shit. Yeah. And he, I got an idea, and he would just go to his guitar and like make a fucking song right on the fly, and <laughs> I'd end up on one of his. Remember that fucking playing This is it, you know, on the White Pony record, on the Deftones record. Oh yeah, you know, and uh, you know the. I remember one time we'd had uh, we had Dave Mustang, mm-hmm. Gino, Stefan, and Vanilla Ice all kicking it. <laughs> it's so eclectic, all, man. All different, yeah, all different types of music. This other kid, it was crazy. Uh, this kid, Steve Gomez. Uh, he was a representative for this company called Priority Records. Oh yeah, yeah. Big hip hop. I remember him popping in a Burn the Priest demo, going. Should we sign these? Which turned out to be Lama God. Should we sign these guys? They want us to sign them. And he played them. We're like, dude, this is fucking rad. Yeah, fucking sign them. Fucking Gomez did not sign Lamb of God. Oh. Who was at the time. I was like, dude, you are a dad. I'm like, how much of an idiot do you feel like you had the opportunity to sign this band and you didn't listen to us and look who they are now? Mm-hmm. It happens just like that, too. Yeah. Shit, shit like that would fall, you know, fall in the house. Dave Cage and the Dickies would live on our house. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. A lot of punk rock people over. Even to this day, like a few weeks ago, Monkey from the Attics was just was kicking it here. Ah, that's so, cool, man. <laughs> you still get a lot, of, a lot of people in the scene that come to Poor Kids Mansion and just, just chill because they've heard about this house. And, Didn't Corey Feldman show up over there one time? Or? Uh... 
Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor. I was wondering if Feldman showed up over there. I thought that was a story I heard. That possible. I mean, there were times like where we would when we would do Porches Radio, and it was like a live TV radio show, and our studio would be in one room, and we'd go through the door, and the whole fucking house would be slammed, and just slammed with people, hundreds of people. So I mean, cool, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, really cool yeah, it was really cool. We had this beer machine, one dollar beers, and. <laughs> And people just come over for the beer machine to, to see who's going to be there fucking on that Friday or Saturday night. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a lot of fun and a good good moment of time. If you weren't here, you missed out, man. It was good shit. Yep. And I I've seen I saw the last what was the last show I saw? I was thinking like maybe SOD. Yeah. I forgot to. Oh, yeah. that, and then 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 that was a whole other thing. At one point, I was a. Uh, the biggest club on the Sunset Strip was called the Key Club. Mm-hmm. I was the head talent buyer at the Key Club. So, I mean, every fucking show that happened there went through my hands in one way or another, whether it was a Poor Kid Radio Presents show or just another Golden Voice Live Nation, whatever. If you did a show at the Key Club, I'm the one who penciled you in because you gave us the highest bid for that night. I was the talent buyer for the Key Club. Made them money. Oh. So, the last few years there, I was a guy, so I saw a lot of men, a lot of, and had to deal with a lot of management or bands, and uh, we got to do a lot of fucking shows too with the, uh, at that time too. It was really cool. It's a cool fucking gig, man. <laughs> yeah, I had to, to have the key to the biggest fucking nightclub on the Sunset Strip. Man, I did a lot of fucking punk and metal shows. It was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Cool thing that was going on at one point over there. So enriched, man, just the history of it and just the ongoing I took to think that like I did all this shit and it's like really to me I don't even think like that. Like you know? No, it's okay. It just made history. Ah, you just making history. That's all you're doing over there. <laughs> I did do that. I did go there. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the time. Like, you know, we have a few things that are planned uh, with, with Glenn coming up, you know, so stay tuned with Glenn, but he's always doing some shit. He's doing a, you know, he's uh, going to release his second movie and we're going to do a couple little premieres and stuff like that, so that should be fun. That sounds fun. Yeah, so it is, man, because uh, when you do those, it's always like kind of an invite-only thing, so it's a list, so you don't really have to worry about the, some some psychos sometimes. You still always have to be on alert. You really don't have to worry about it that much and uh, it's all always catered and carte blanche and there's always a bunch of fucking hot chicks there and it's cool that sounds amazing dude <laughs> that sounds amazing right about now <laughs> let's go <laughs> oh man that's great and then uh what else is going on now that we're starting to loosen up a lot of stuff here in california i don't know where you're at but uh yeah i uh I've gone, like, even despite the pandemic, there's a lot of fucking, a lot of activity with live bands that are playing. Not huge ones. I mean, you're going to get fucking Danzig or Slayer or not any of that shit. Yeah. Even mid-level, but maybe mid-level, but there's a lot of bands and there's a lot of shows that are happening. Last Saturday, I had my option between three shows to go to. Oh, yeah? How's that working out? great well the one i went to was rad there's a huge fucking slam pit everybody was raging it was like three nitrous it was a backyard party but it was like a backyard party maybe on steroids there were (laughs) there were dual stages there was like 12 the part the show started at four i showed up around eight 
And they just, you know, it was like, I think 12 or 13 bands. To me, that's overkill, but the way they had it was was done right. And it was cool, man. Rad. A lot of people having fun. Well, fucking A, dude. That's good to fucking hear. I hope that gives you all faith out there, too, man. Uh, then, then there was another, uh, a couple weeks before that, in the desert, My one of my buddies, Big Mike, he's a part of Poor Kids Radio. Oh, yeah. He did, he did some show out in, uh, out in the desert. He's like, dude, Russ, like 700 kids showed up. They showed up from all over the fucking state and other states. And it was advertised as a, a big skate party because there was a, a, a half pipe and other stuff there for skaters uh, to skate with. They had to sign a waiver. And he's like, dude, there were hundreds of fucking kids there and live music and they cracked. And we're talking about doing another one. See what happens. You know, but uh, that's outdoors. Mike's Mike's actually checking temperatures and all that stuff. So, you know, he was trying to be as safe as you can be with this pandemic going on. You know, he's like, yeah. so outdoors, you're checking, checking temperatures. I'm sure there were masks involved. And, you know, if you want to keep your distance, keep your distance. Yeah. And there it is, you know, but um, the music scene is, is happening in L.A., that's for sure. Hey, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, because we've spent some time at the Rainbow, man. Um, yeah. You were surprised about Ron Jeremy, yeah? Oh, everybody was surprised about Ron Jeremy. Yeah, man. I, mean, I, I thought it was bullshit when I first heard it. I was like, this is a joke. People were surprised and not surprised. Because, I mean, if you go to the Rainbow, like I did, you, you see them, you see them do some weird, odd shit. You know, with girls, like, it seemed like they were willing to me, you know, but I, I'm not there for all of it. Yeah. I'm not there, I'm not there you know, putting his feet. You know, I, I didn't know Ron super well. You know, he knew who we were. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's small. It's a small neighborhood at the end of the day. Man. Yeah, let's hang out. Let's fucking party. <laughs> yeah. To us, we would, like, laugh about Ron because he was always kind of dirty and wore sweats. That was really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> He was old, always trying to hit on fucking chicks. And we were just like, yeah, it's fucking a long journey, you know? But uh, there was a thing that, that the doorman, on the day before he got arrested, I guess he got banned from the rainbow, according to the doorman. And the doorman goes, the only way I'm going to let you in is if you give me that sublime gold record that's autographed to you in, in your name. And uh, Beaver told me, he's like, Ron, and guess what? Ron brought the fucking uh, the gold record and gave it to me. Oh! Like the next day, he got arrested. Oh! So Beaver has this gold record autographed to Ron Jeremy from from I guess Bradley, the uh, rest in peace. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, Ron gave it to him. Mm. But, uh, Damn, him. dude! That you're not gonna hear that shit on the fucking news. That's that's no, for sure. no, no, no. And he, you know, Ron was doing a lot of fucking. Janky shit, I guess, man. Fucking, uh, fucking Ron Jeremy. He's a porno star from the fucking 70s and 80s, man. It's like, dude. Yeah, that's what he is. Yeah. Supposedly there's like over 50 or 60 counts pending oh, against him. Jesus, man. That's fucking beyond obscene, man. Where, where it is, too, like, he's like sitting in a protective custody cell and he's just like drenched in his own piss. And he's narcoleptic, so he's always passing out, and I guess he's scared shitless at the same time because people are fucking, you know, threatening him from what I hear. But uh, Oof. 
Where they got him at? Where they put him? They have him in the fucking Twin Tower, L.A. County, which is that. From what they say, is probably one of the worst jails in in, in America. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, they're gonna yeah. mutilate that pickle dick motherfucker. That's from Grace, dude. From from hanging out the rainbow and praying, being a fucking predator, and you know, you know, some of those incidents probably happened there. I don't know if they did or not, but you know. You mean at the rainbow directly? You think? That, that was his fucking hangout. It was in ra- other places, you know. Like I said, I mean, don't didn't know him greatly. Yeah. But he was always at the rainbow. Trying to fucking hit on fucking chicks, and you know, I'm sure some of them fell into his prey. Maybe none of them did, but that was that was one of his spots. It's a classic uh, cat that ended up being uh, just a nightmare, man. <laughs> crazy, well, dude. I mean, yeah, fucking Ron Jeremy, dude. He's fucking he's paying for it now. Huh? All that, all the all the shit that he supposedly did, he didn't end up paying for that shit. And I mean, there's 50 girls that are coming out and saying that he abused them in some sort of way. I mean, not all of them can be lying. Like, can they? Even if 1% is true, that's enough. Yeah, and I mean, dude. That's so, it. Just predators like that, man, they, they just, they, they, uh, they're very looked down upon in, in the jail world. No, it ain't. Yeah, it's not nice, man. Uh, He's getting probably the worst, the, the worst treatment. So, yeah, it, you know. it was like, hey, Ron, didn't you see Boogie Nights, motherfucker, where the colonel goes to prison at the end? If he did, <laughs> if he did rape a girl or did, you know, do that type of shit, then then he has a kind of simple as that. Oh, he he deserves it, man. And I hate yeah. to, you know, that's what. Ha- yeah, if he did do it, he deserves it. He was talking about having some secret defense, right? It doesn't sound like he's got some secret defense. No, he's uh, he's uh, he's locked up. I'm sure I'm, th- there's more to come. We're gonna hear more about this whole situation. I haven't been keeping up on it because you know I don't really not I, don't, I didn't know Ron well at all, so I'm not really like on the whole fucking Ron Jeremy fucking tip of what's happening. But I hear it's not good. Well, man, uh, I'm. Uh, mm. Rainbow's <laughs> a trip, dude. You have to when you go there. You have to sit at your table. You can't get up. The bar is like closed. Like they're serving from the bar, but the waitress has to go and get your drink. You have to have ordered food in order to order drinks at your table, and you're just not allowed to get up and, and mingle like how it used to be at the Rainbow. Like when I wanted to go do a shot with Sebastian Bach, I can't do that no more. You can't unless you're like invited to go over there. God damn it! Uh, but <laughs> fucking. Uh, it's uh, it's different, but like today, a lot of shit has has reopened up here in California. They said it's gone down from an eight to a three percent, uh, whatever that means. Being in the hospital, people that have coronavirus, that's really low. They opened up parks, they opened up the mall, they opened up like uh, barber shops, they opened up a bunch of shit today. So I mean, we're starting to get back to normal over here at the same time. Well. So. We're we're all hoping, man. I'm talking to people across America, and I'm getting them on the show. It's the general consensus, man. You know that you can kind of feel like it's uh, it's starting to get back to normal, man. Um, it's been seven or eight months. Come on, dude. I mean, February, I guess that's when it was. Yeah, we were, we were sitting here. Uh, I mean, 
my friend Troll, Troll is he was kind of, he's like a famous punk rock guy. He's been around forever. He's in the kind of the Western Civilization Part Three. Oh, yeah. Movies. But he had his uh, he has a big movie projector set up outside in our backyard, and a lot of people come over and watch movies outside, you know, drink and all that stuff. But the other day, uh, the whole debate happened. The Trump, the first one, Trump and Biden debates. Uh-huh. Man, and uh, this guy had a. Uh, this little drinking game that if Trump says this and Biden does that and da 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 you have to take a shot. These guys went to a fucking fifth of fucking booze. Two, two three people went to a fifth in fucking ten minutes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They were fucking just wasted. But I mean, there's always something predictable playing. <laughs> there's always something. There's always something happening at the house. Last night we all sat around and watched. Uh, Prometheus. It's a, like an Aliens movie. Oh, yeah, movie. I'm familiar. Definitely, man. I, I hadn't seen it yet, and a few people here hadn't seen it, and we were, we were about it. It's a really cool movie. But, uh, tell everybody I said, hey, man, I love him. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell everybody said what's up for sure. Tell Shu yeah. I said, uh, hey, you know. and yeah, she was upstairs in his spot. Right there with at, yes. With, with his vapor watching fucking the Dodger game or an outdated gun smoke or Saffron and Sun movie. She's still where he's at. Shu Shu. There'll be people that hadn't seen Shu in like 20 years. And they're like, dude. My God, dude, you fucking look exactly the fucking same. <laughs> he looks just, he's the same fucking dude, man. Wait for the next fucking Deep Purple show to come around, you know? Oh, uh, that's great, man. Uh, and there, there's been some, some new casting characters. There's some friends from Seattle who moved in. Oh, yeah. Upstairs, and Silver from Nuclear Blast. She just moved out and got her own place. She lived there for a good 17 years. So. Damn, is so, that what happened? She. Yeah, she got her own shit. She has her guy, and she's just where everyone's cool and everything's killer. It's just you know time for her to do her do to spread her wings and fly. That's right. Change yeah. is inevitable, man. Embrace it. So it's all still still totally cool. Silver was over here the other day, hanging out with the heads. You know, but she she moved it. She moved out, and uh, this guy Jesse, who's a, a, a punk rock drummer, he moved upstairs into her room. And he's you know doing his thing. Oh. So it's always, it's always kind of. Uh, a little revolving door because sometimes when people get here and they get a room, they don't want to fucking leave because rent's so cheap and just the, the vibe. There's always somebody coming or something happening or just something, you know? Yep. You're part of the scene when you come here. I definitely crashed on your couch for a minute. <laughs> you were on the couch. For, you were the guy on the couch for a bit. It was cool. I appreciate it, you know. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. Well. I guess uh, we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank you for spending Halloween with us, man, and telling us Halloween stories, you know? Oh, man, yeah, there's some good ones. There's some good ones, yeah. Halloween's going to be interesting this year. We're going to, uh, we're working on a big show here, Halloween night, the Porky Mansion. So oh. I, don't know who, I don't know who we're going to get to play. We're still working on that, but something, something's going to happen. That's for sure. I know it is, and I'm excited for you. Keep Saturday me posted. Saturday night and a full moon. Come on, man. We're gonna we're gonna crack. Um, that's gonna happen. I know Danzig's gonna want to do something, dude. That was a shit. Last year's Danzig Halloween party on Halloween night at uh, what club was it? It was this fucking rad Mexican restaurant on on uh, Coenga Boulevard. It was rad. But yeah, Danzig's party last year was amazing. Uh, he's not gonna do something like that this year because of coronavirus, but. 
man, I wish you would. Oh, I know, man. And we're too close to Halloween to be like, oh, well, we got a chance. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, yeah, it's already, yeah, no one's, a lot of people have, uh, a lot of things are not happening because of coronavirus this year. So Halloween is going to be a, a trip, you know, but there's still, it's still going to be, it's still going to be Halloween. A lot of people like us and people in the scene, there's still going to be things to do. Fucking hell night, man. Yeah. Russ, thank you for joining us, dude. I'm gonna we're at the top of this hour or bottom or whatever the fuck it is, and let's carve a fucking pumpkin the fuck out of here, man. All right, man. You take care. You too. Tell Glenn I said thank you for everything. I'll tell Glenn you guys all said and you said what's up. I will. You can play this one for him too, because it's a sweet ass episode for him. Yeah. Oh, I will. I will for sure. Right on, man. Cheers, guys. I'll see you soon. Later. Have a good night. Talk to you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Russ, for being with us tonight and giving us the fucking graveyard dirt on the old Glenn Danzig. Guy's been a part of my whole fucking life, man. When I was 12 years old, <laughs> I ran away from Ohio. And met up with some friends. Went to go see the Misfits in uh, New Jersey, I thought it was. can't remember where we went. Anyway, we missed the show. <laughs> but that's how long ago, man. And Glenn Danzig's been a part of my whole life, pretty much. I want to thank him for the years of horror here on this Halloween Eve. And this was a hell of a fucking show. Uh, I've been pretty thankful to get it. Well, the 72-hour hold is over, guys. The project is done. From here out, I'm just going to be putting out sporadic episodes, but... The 72-hour hold is legend. And they're the 72 uh, original tablets of my formation into fucking art therapy. Halloween, huh? Motherfucker. <laughs> I'll be around. I'm not going anywhere. You can guarantee it. I'll be around and we're just going to keep doing Adam Air MD GEDs and his little underground cartoon therapy. <laughs> See you guys.
Stephen King, Clive Barker, and Robert England. Gods of Us. This summer, the evil is in the bomb shelter door. Starts Friday at a theater near you. This film is overrated. You're listening to Adamair MDGED Underground Cartoon Therapy. It's almost time.